Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bill Caskey Podcast. I have a special guest today. His name is Jason Duncan from Nashville area, Tennessee. And Jason works with entrepreneurs and CEOs to help them exit their business. He's written a book. He's got mastermind programs. He's really a wealth of information. And even if you're not a CEO or someone interested in exiting the business, I think you're going to find this episode interesting because he talks a lot about about insight and skills and kind of how we look at things. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We are speaking today with Jason Duncan. You can find out more about him at therealjasonduncan.com, or you can maybe already listen to his podcast, The Root of All Success Podcast, which is right there on the screen. Jason, welcome to the show. Man, what an honor to be on your show, Bill Kasky. Oh, you're too nice. <laughs> well, you were you were nice enough to have me on uh, here a couple of months ago, and we had a, uh, what I thought was a really good conversation. I'll let you judge that, but I really... Uh, I thought we got to some deeper topics, and that's what I want to talk about today. Um, just for my listeners, we have we've been in touch and acquainted for ten years, twelve years. Yeah, it's probably probably ten for sure. And we've met a couple times and had a a bourbon and or a cigar. I think I think a couple times. Yeah. So that's always enjoyable. And you're you're out of uh, Nashville area, correct? That's right. All right. Well, Jason, what I wanted to talk to you about today was uh, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and we're going to actually give people uh, an offer here for a book that you've so graciously uh, said that you could, you would download or get to people. Um, the book is called Exit Without Exiting, and it's written primarily for entrepreneurs, obviously. You work with them a lot. Tell me, give me a minute or two on your business and and how you work with people and maybe some of your background on how you got to the point where you enjoyed working with entrepreneurs. Well, so my background, I I had, I had 13 years in pastoral ministry right out of high school and college, all through college, and then got completely fed up with that. And so I can't do this anymore. Went back to school, got a master's in education and taught, taught eighth grade American history for a while. And so I'm, I'm really a teacher. That's what I really thoroughly enjoy doing and had the great recession not affected with the budgets of my school board. I would have probably still be teaching today and you and I wouldn't know each other. <laughs> but uh, but nevertheless, the decision was made that I didn't my contract didn't get renewed because they had to cut teaching positions. And I found myself having to make a decision and about what I was going to do to make money. And I made the decision to start a company. And so I started this company and lo and behold, it turned into a multi-million dollar enterprise that was recognized by Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. And I started living a completely different life. And so I did that pretty actively running day-to-day operations for about a decade. And then I looked up and it's like, I, I, this is not who I am. I mean, I'm, it's fine. I'm making good money. Things are good, but I'm a teacher. How do I figure this out? So I learned how to exit the business without selling it. I still own it to this day. 
And when I did that, I was like, well, what do I do next? And people started saying, well, teach me to do what you just did. <laughs> so, so that's how I got into this. And now I've got, you know, dozens and dozens of clients that I work with that are, you know, male entrepreneurs. I work exclusively with male entrepreneurs that are doing between three and $10 million or more in annual revenue. And I show them how to restructure their business so it doesn't steal their life away from their wives and their kids. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you were, um, you've pivoted when you just didn't feel like it was serving you. The business wasn't serving you compared to what was possible for you. I'm not taking words out of your mouth there, but there was a, some kind of feeling you had that it wasn't all that you wanted. Well, the, the feeling was precipitated by a pretty bad year. <laughs> so we had, so we had a really, we were a very profitable company and I had one year, uh, it was 2019 where, um, I was going through a couple of issues. One was business related, but on the side, not core business related. And one was some other family stuff. And for that entire year, I was preoccupied with these two other issues and I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in the day-to-day operations. We got to the end of the year and it was too late to fix it, but it was the first year we lost money as a company. And I, my business coach and I looked at that and said, okay, well, how, well, how did this happen? I mean, systemically, the company didn't change. What changed? Well, what changed is that I wasn't paying attention. And when I realized that, I realized, well, that's not healthy. If I have to be here to do it, then I've just imprisoned myself in my own business. So I had a decision to make, Bill. I could have, I had either I get back in and get this thing ramped back up, or I decide how to stay out but keep the business going. And that I made the, I made the latter decision. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now you're teaching it to people who, who also probably have some of those same woes. It's like, you're so attached. And I I feel that way too, quite often is Mm -hmm. uh, you're so attached to the business that uh, you can't operate without you. And, and this, the business I'm in is a little bit different because it, because my brand is tied up with it, but it still happens a lot to entrepreneurs. So I think that's, that's the Lord's work really, because you (laughs) can, uh, you can almost go insane as an, as an entrepreneur, if you can't figure out how to extract yourself from the day to day, it really can take a toll. Well, it takes a toll on those closest to you. I I think for those that I I recently, uh, recently brought on a new client who, who's in that first phone call we had and he's talking to me about what's going on in his business. And I'm asking questions. And he said, look, if I don't do something, I'm going to have to just shut the company down because I, my family deserves better. I can't keep doing this. And that is the sentiment that all, all of my clients have is like, I can't keep doing this. Now they don't all come to me out of sheer frustration. Some come in a good place. They've got pretty good balance in their life. They just want to know, is there a way that I can do this better? And so I, but, but the sentiment of it's, this is killing me or killing my family is, is pretty common. Pretty common. Yeah. Well, let's, let's pivot a minute. And you and I had a, a chance to talk before we hit record here. And I've, uh, I was listening to Dr. Drew Pinsky the other day and Dr. Drew is, uh, he's kind of uh, got a YouTube channel and he's kind of been on a lot of places, a lot of uh, social media and mainstream media outlets. And he's a, a registered psychotherapist, I believe out of California. And he was talking about this concept of eudaimonia. And eudaimonia is a, an Aristotle kind of uh, word that was coined back in his day. And we in the West have translated that just to happiness. And really, it's deeper than happiness. It has to do with thriving, flourishing, prospering. 
And when I was listening to him, I was thinking, you know, a lot of times people come to me for coaching and training or, or working with their team. And usually they're doing pretty well, kind of what you just said. You know, a lot of people are just doing well, but I would say the common theme is they don't feel like they're thriving in life. And I, I wanted to talk, go a little bit deeper on that with you. A, what do you, what does that mean to you? This idea of eudaimonia or thriving or flourishing? Why do you think sometimes we, we don't? Uh, do we get wrapped up and distracted on something else? Do we, is it, in, is it in our bones not to, but I wanted to go down that path a little bit, see what you thought about that and then uh, see where the conversation takes us. I, I think it's an interesting, interesting concept. Um, the, the idea of thriving, I, I guess, I guess without putting a whole lot of deep thought into it is you could really divide the world into two different categories. If you wanted to do that, you've got the people who are sur- surviving and the people who are thriving and that's a, I mean, obviously there's a lot of nuance to that, but on one hand, you got the people that are surviving. They get up, they go to work, they make their money, they bring it home, they pay their bills, they go on a couple of vacations a year and you know, everything's okay. They're just surviving. And I don't mean surviving and like barely eking out a living. That, right. that, obviously that's an issue too, but, but they're just surviving. And then there's those you run into that are thriving, that they, they seem to have an essence about them that is completely different, that they're living in a different atmosphere that, that, that they just seem different. Their attitudes are different. And a lot of times that's related to the wealth that they've created because it gives them freedom, but that's not always the case. Uh, although it's, it's probably more frequent than it is not frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I think that the thrivers are few and far between. I think so many entrepreneurs think that they're thriving and they just have what I call synthetic happiness is that they, they've just invented the situation that they just have to like because if they admit yeah. that they don't like it, it causes problems. No choice. Yeah. <laughs> because you're never going to believe anything uh, that is opposite of what you do to make a living. And, and that was my issue as a pastor back way back in the day. There would never be anything you could teach me about the truth of pastors shouldn't do X, Y, or Z. Because if I believe that, it threatens my very life. Yeah. Well, that's not just unique to pastors. It's unique to entrepreneurs, business owners, everybody else. If you you just got to get that paradigm shift that moves you from the surviving to the thriving. And I think it takes understanding your purpose. And I think most people don't know what their purpose is. So let's go into that for a minute, but I like your, I like your example of it's really kind of a spectrum as is everything in life is a spectrum. It's never on or off. It's, it's always a a rheostat. And uh, at the left end, you have surviving the right end thriving, but 80, it's the mass in the middle, 80% of us in the middle where now some days I thrive some, some years I thrive, but it's not a consistent thing. And it's like anything else. I think if we're more intentional about what is it, what does it mean to me to thrive or flourish? What does that really mean to me? Does this mean go to work 12 hours a day? And if I want to double my income, I've got to now work 20 hours a day. That doesn't feel like thriving, but a lot of times I think that, uh, and, and I've had this experience with uh, people and some family members, and it's like, well, you don't understand, Bill. Uh, I've got to have a job. And this is, as good, this is a really good job, Bill. I make good money, and I shut it off at 5 o'clock, and I can come home and have a few cocktails and, and watch, uh, you know, Real Housewives of New Jersey or whatever. Uh, and I think, is that thriving? Because sometimes I'll sit in front of the TV at night watching something, not that, but watching something. And I think, is this the epitome of Bill Caskey thriving? Sitting here watching an hour and a half, two hours worth of some crap that, and of course the answer is no, 
but sometimes you do it because it becomes habitual. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this question, but I guess the the idea of wh- how intentional can we get about that? I mean, can we become more attuned to what thriving means for us? Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I, I, I think it. I think it comes down to uh, settling. Like, what are we settling for? And yeah. so many of us settle, as you give in your explanation there, they go, they make good money, they could cut it off at five, they come home, have a drink, and they watch TV until they go to sleep. Uh, and they've, they've eked out, maybe not eked out, but they, they figured out how to live, out, live a pretty nice life, but they've settled. They're not thriving. And, and you could argue that they're not also surviving. I know that that dichotomy is, is probably too wide to be fair, but I, I think that they, a lot of people settle. They just settle for what it is. Hey, man, I got a good job. I'm working at the KFC or I'm working at the gas station or, or I'm running a, a small accounting firm and I'm the yeah. only accountant. Whatever it happens to be, they just settle for that existence. And, and, and I suppose that if everybody were thrivers, that it, it, it would also be boring <laughs> because we wouldn't realize there's a difference. It's like the bad days tell us, make us realize how the good days are. So I think there's a lot of people going to settle and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. But I think that people listening to shows like yours and people that listen to shows like mine, for that matter, I think they are, they are probably, they're all looking to become thrivers if they aren't already. And that's what they're seeking. They're trying to figure out how do I not settle for this existence that I have now? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough influence. I don't make enough yeah. impact. They want to go to that next level. And that means that you're a thriver in progress, you, that yeah. you're moving that direction. Well, you you mentioned um, one thing, which I think is really critical, and that is, am I on purpose? Am I living my life with any kind of purpose behind it? Or is it just day-to-day, collect enough money so I can retire and get, get out of this stupid job finally? I mean, what, what is, t- tell me how you work with people to don't give away your your secrets, but just generally, how do you work with people on purpose on on the, the idea of purpose? Well, the, the, it's this really goes back to there's a Japanese concept that you probably are familiar with called ikigai, and uh, so some mm-hmm. of your listeners probably heard of ikigai. And and interestingly enough, because I didn't know this is where the conversation is going to be going, I'm hosting an event in Nashville. I don't know when this episode comes out, but on November the fifteenth, with one of the world's top ikigai coaches on this very topic. Uh, he's coming to Nashville. We're doing a two-hour seminar on Ikigai and finding your purpose. But to answer your question directly is that Ikigai is this Japanese concept about the, your essence, what you truly are here for. And it's based on four specific questions. And if you really get to the bottom of these four specific questions, ideally, you've discovered your purpose. But see, most people, they never take the time to really dive into those questions. <laughs> no. I developed a whole coaching program around uh, the Ikigai concept, but on my spin on it. Like I've got minor uh, three P's, uh, three P's and an L. So you got what, what are you, what, what are you passionate about? What can you, what do you have power to do? What do you, can you profit from? And then what legacy do you want to leave? Mm-hmm. And so I built those questions around those, those concepts, which are based in the concept of Ikigai. And I've helped a lot of my clients figure, figure that out. And what's interesting, Bill, is I could tell this story. My journey to become who I am today as the real Jason Duncan coaching entrepreneurs, writing books, doing podcasts, started with one of my coaches helping me with this these four questions. And he didn't call it Ika guy. He didn't do it. He just said, hey, man, you need to ask yourself this question. What are you good at? What, what does the world need? What can you make money from? And 
what gives you energy. That was the way he positioned it. Yeah. And at first, I thought it was sales because because I'm a good salesperson, and you you've worked with me on sales. You've coached my team on sales. I I, and I thought that's this is what it is. I can make money out. I'm good at it. The world needs it. But then I looked at that last one. Does it give me energy? I'm like hell no. I, I like if I never had to sell again in my life, I would be very happy not to do it. So that's when it. That's when I discovered that my superpower, that the essence for being, is teaching. That's who I am. I'm I'm a teacher and a leader, and I will use those two gifts for the rest of my life to help entrepreneurs achieve success that's and balance. Awesome. And now I know what it is. That's awesome. One other. That's really good. Thank you for that. That's. Uh, uh, clarifying in many ways based on what you've already said here. Uh, the second thing I think people struggle with, and then I, I want to finish up then on, on this idea of potential. The second thing I think people struggle with was, is what do you want? What's the vision you have? <clears throat> Excuse me. What's the vision you have for your, your life or your business or your relationships or whatever, or it could be all those things. Um, when I first start talk, working with a person, I'll take them through this, uh, foundation document, I call it. And it's 15 questions that really helps me get to know them, helps them get to know them. Uh, and that's the thing that I hear a lot is, yeah, this was good for me. And I did it with my spouse or wife or partner too, because we've never talked about these things. And there's no questions in there about purpose. There probably should be. Um, but the question of what do you want is a really difficult question. It's, it's so simple. What do you want? I want steak tonight. No, what do you want for your life? Uh, well, wh uh, what are my options? <laughs> and why do you think, do you think that question is difficult? You've probably forged your way through that question too, in terms of your business here. And I don't think there's always one thing. I think it, but I, th I think we don't ask ourselves that question enough. What do you think? I think it's a great question. It is a difficult question. Um, I ask this in every single interview. If I'm hiring someone, um, there are four questions that I always ask. And this is the first of the four that I always ask. And I always say it like this. So what do you want? And they always look at me like, well, what do you mean? Like for the job, what do I want to make? What? And I'm like, what do you want? I, I don't clarify. I, I really continue to push. And they'll answer questions like, well, you know, I just want to, I want to have a, have a good job to provide for my family. And then I say, well, you know, that's for your family. What do you want? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I just want to be satisfied and, you know, be able to exercise my gifts. Okay, but but why? Why, why do you want that? And, and you keep diving and, and it really gets down to the essence of who they are. And if they can't get down to anything of any import, um, I don't hire them. I, I got to know that somebody's got some sort of motivation, you know, motivation. The root word is motive. What is your motive for yeah. operating? I mean, how are you going to operate? Well, if you don't want anything, you just want to give a take a paycheck home to mom, make sure she's fine. Like that's not what that's. I don't want to hire that guy. No, I want to hire somebody no. who wants something. No, because they're not going to bring their A game to the table every day. Maybe month, maybe Fridays, but not every day. <laughs> um, I, I was listening to uh, Dion Sanders, who is quite controversial these days. But certain parts of Dion, I really like the way he treats team members, and certain parts like over the top. But they they sh they showed a video, and I'm not sure how much of it was real versus fake. You don't know today. But he was in a, a, a auditorium with his players. And I don't know if you saw it. He said, uh, what, what are you guys here for? And this was after three or four games. So this is midseason. And uh, he points out one of the guys goes, you're here. We're giving you free education, free tuition, free transportation, free meals. Every, everything is paid for. What's your plan when you graduate? 
And he asked like seven people this. And one guy, the only guy that had an answer, he goes, well, I think I'd like to get on at the factory or, you know, get on at a, some kind of manufacturing facility. He goes, that it? Is that your, he kind of shamed him a little bit because is that your plan? All this, you're given all this and that's what you're going to do with it. And I thought that's such a good question, especially for 22 year olds, but also for 62 year olds too. Okay. You want to accomplish this vision. This is where you want to go. What's the plan to get there? How you, how you going to do that? And we just don't get asked that question enough. Yeah, I agree. I don't think people are, I think the difference between the, the survivors and the thrivers is the contemplation of that type of question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last question here. We're talking with uh, Jason Duncan. You can find him at therealjasonduncan.com. And before we go any further, Jason, you've got a uh, very generous gift that you're going to gift the first handful of people that uh, request it. Uh, tell us about the book and then we'll talk about how, how they can get it. So I wrote a book called Exit Without Exiting. It's how to exit your business without selling it and begin living the exit lifestyle much sooner than you ever thought possible. And it's designed around my experience of exiting the daily operations of a multi-million dollar business without losing the financial or tax benefits of business ownership to create a long-term cash flow. Um, and I tell the stories of three characters that I created to illustrate what it looks like, depending upon which which lane you choose on how you want to exit a business. And so it's become a, an international best-selling book. You can get a copy of that for free as a listener to the Bill Cassidy you. podcast. You can go to therealjasonduncan.com slash free book and just put in there that you heard on the Bill Caskey podcast and we'll send you a book for free. You just have to pay five bucks for shipping and handling in the continental awesome. United States. Thank you for doing that. So therealjasonduncan.com slash free book, correct? That's right. Okay, awesome. Um, I've got another question, but it would it would take us down a path that we don't have the time because I'm, I'm conscious of your time and I appreciate you carving out some of, of it today for us. Uh, I want to I want to have you on again. I want to talk about this concept of potential, personal potential. I think there's a lot here. We talked about it a little bit in this idea of thriving and uh, eudaimonia and the conversation we've had. But I think there's another level of it, which is potential. But uh, Jason, thanks for your time today. Awesome having you. And uh, it's good to connect again. Thanks again, Bill. It's an honor to be on your show.